Hey, this is Nikki Rapp, the voice of Lily from Telltale's The Walking Dead, and you're listening to Entertainment Talks, The Walking Dead UK podcast. Welcome to the Walking Dead UK podcast. It's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Walking Dead world beyond on AMC and Amazon. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How is it going? I'm very well, thanks. Good. Uh, this is for season two, episode eight. We've got just two episodes left of this series. Uh, two oh eight returning point. What did you think of this episode? Uh, I like this. It's it was ratcheting up the tension. You're kind of getting to a point where it's a couple of episodes from the end, so literally anybody can get killed off at any point. I think right now, um, I'm beginning to to think that there is a good chance that nobody is safe. So you know that's that's kind of uh, you know we had some big shootouts and um, you kind of assume that probably the the Bennett sisters are probably all right although as we said before killing one of them wouldn't be out of the question Mm. um so that does add to the sort of tension because when you're at the end of you know you know you've not got more seasons to come because it's only a two season show that does ratchet up the tension a bit because literally anybody can die um yeah so i quite like this because you sort of you know you've got pressure you've got jadis going kind of you know full um tear everything apart kind of mode and um huck sort of stuck in the middle of it all so yeah it was it's a good sort of leading to the last couple of episodes i think this one mm, yeah no it was a good episode um i i thought the dialogue and stuff worked out pretty good um i thought the shootout scenes was was quite good um got me scared for uh Elton, uh, yeah, made me quite sort of scared for uh, Elton with with that particular scene. We'll, we'll break that down when we get to it as well. Um, but I thought that was kind of it. Um, and it's it, it's been interesting with this show and sort of character deaths and and stakes and trying to uh, us you know week to week trying to figure out maybe who's going to die and um, why somebody might or might not die. Like you said with the uh, the sisters, uh, it's possible that one of them. Um, might survive but maybe not the other one but then they might both be fine um but then we're trying to work out like how the the series is going to end because uh you know with this with this cure thing and then how that's going to work with the wider universe and everything so there's a lot of things going on and uh it's really really good uh but i thought the shootout scene was quite good um i'm guessing dennis will probably be okay like it's a kind of a that was a bit strange but We'll talk about that when we get to it as well. Um, but no, it's been really interesting seeing Jadis as like this full-on military leader and this like not not different character, but this different side to her because mm-hmm. uh, she kind of had that same. Um, how do I describe it? That same 
uh, not toughness, but same sort of like she had the the same type of attitude with her authority before, but it was just like the personality of it was different, I suppose, because um, she still sort of had that pushy leader kind of aspect. I mean, she went on and killed all of her own people, um, so she's not she's not afraid to she was she was never really afraid to do things like she is in in this uh, scenario, <clears throat> but obviously you know different. Uh, personality type with being this like military leader and being a bit more sort of like all this like you know formal attitude and everything um but yeah that was that was great as well uh and yeah i i don't know i i keep getting nervous for uh for huck as well because you know um just just the position that she's in and you you just hope that she can kind of get away and stuff and mm-hmm. it's even interesting with the actress as well um Annette uh something I'm not going to try and pronounce her surname but Annette which is uh, her first name um her sort of facial expressions in different scenes like how she looks at Jadis and how um even like right at the end you know when when Jadis is talking to her about you know we'll just kill them all basically Mm -hmm. and Huck sort of like yeah cool good (laughs) she's like yeah i have to tell you that otherwise you might kill me but i can't like completely rebel against you because i might also die and it could be bad for the others and you can kind of tell that's all going on in her mind and i don't know that that smile from her at the end of the episode of like yep great cool (laughs) it was uh, yeah yeah i i liked that it was it was pretty good i think the actress played that fairly well as well so uh yeah good stuff going on we've only got two episodes to go and we'll see how it all wraps up uh over the next two weeks so um i think that's pretty much it for the pre-talk and everything uh let's get into some housekeeping and then we will talk about the the recap for the episode see you in a minute hi there and thanks very much for listening today i'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself, or maybe both depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or 
film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, we did another Gaming Talk podcast yesterday. Uh, we talked about multiverses. Uh, David, did you see the announcement video for this game? Uh, I did, yes. It's not hugely my sort of... It, it does look kind of... Uh, could be kind of fun, I guess, because it's a sort of... Um, it, it's all the WB characters from Bugs Bunny to Superman basically all shoved together in the game as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a sort of Warner Brothers uh, brawler type fighter, the same way that uh, you got Smash Brothers and, and those sorts of games as well. So uh, that looks mm-hmm. really good. You've got like, Bugs Bunny and Harley Quinn and Shaggy, Tom and Jerry, Batman. It, uh, it looks re- re- really, really good. So uh, we talked all about that. We also talked about Kojima Productions and how they're expanding into, what was it, TV, films, and uh, music as well. And I I wondered what the prospect of what that meant with uh, Konami's games. And, you know, there's a Metal Gear Solid film apparently in development, so does that mean something for that? Probably not, but uh, we'll see what happens. And we talked a little bit about Star Wars as well. There was reports that... Um, Star Wars Battlefront 3 had been rejected or that the the pitch for it had been rejected so mm-hmm. we talked about uh, EA's potential future or dying future with Star Wars because they've <laughs> you know it's not really worked out but uh, we talked about that as well so that was good <clears throat> uh, loads of things happening on the United cast I'm going to be referencing a lot of episodes uh, Man United beat Villarreal 2-0 last night Jaden Sancho scoring his first goal and a very very good goal at that Ronaldo of course scoring as well because that's what Ronaldo does and uh, it was Michael Carrick's first game in charge. We don't, we literally don't know if he's going to be in charge of Sunday's game because we're in the very slow process of finding a new manager, which I'll talk about in a second as well. Uh, speaking of that, uh, on the other episode of the United cast, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the previous manager, was sacked from his job uh, because he wasn't quite doing well enough. Very nice guy and everything, you know, all, all that good stuff with him. But uh, just just wasn't quite doing well enough at his job, and we were scoring as most of you have probably heard in the recaps, the scores that I've been reading out, you know, five nil, two nil, four one, all these different scores. Uh, it wasn't really working out, so we had to move on. But we don't know who we're moving on to yet, apart from Carrick, who's just a temporary solution. So yeah, it's a bit, a bit of like a weird limbo state. It's sort of like we've moved on from one manager, but we don't know who the new one's going to be yet. So. Yeah, uh, we'll see how that all works out. Uh, we do play Chelsea next on Sunday, and that's going to be very difficult because Chelsea are a very good team. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, did a must-play review for Metroid Dread, which is the newest Metroid game in that series on the Nintendo Switch. I really liked it. Gave it a must-see, sorry, must-play rating, and uh, didn't go into spoilers. Just mainly talked about the gameplay and everything like that. But that was very, very good to play as well. Uh, speaking of some of the other results, there's the 4-1 game um, away to Watford that we lost. That was Solskjaer's last game, because of course you can't really get away with losing 4-1 to Watford. Uh, so there was that. Uh, so over on the other gaming side of things, I did a podcast called Battlefield 2042 is a Disaster. Uh, it's launched now. It came out on the 19th, which I think was last week Friday. And to put it lightly, it's a very, very, very bad video game. 
uh, it it absolutely needed more time in development, which was what I was uh, I I had noticed or said should have happened about a month ago. But no, EA decided to launch it, and basically, long story short, everybody that plays it hates it, or or most of the there's about ninety eight percent of the fan base or the players that have played it, and they really don't like it. And I talked about my first person shooter gaming experience, and when I played the beta and all that kind of thing, and. Uh, Funny thing was, a few days after I posted that episode, I went and watched a guy called Yong Yi, his video on uh, Battlefield, and the game is even worse than I thought it was. So, yeah, I uh, talked about all the mess of, of that and everything. Um, what else have we got? Uh, did a podcast which you gave me some information for, David, uh, when you sent me that email. It was about Cristiano and Otto and kind of football numbers and social media numbers and that sort of thing. I thought it'd be interesting to cover that as well. Uh, to cover sort of like the the PR numbers side of things, to look at sort of the gla- how the Glazers would look at the club, and you know going over sort of Instagram numbers, YouTube numbers, Twitter numbers, and of course Ronaldo signs. Everybody goes and buys loads of shirts and makes the club hundreds of millions of pounds or whatever, um, and just kind of the Glazers side of that type of process because they wouldn't have been thinking that Ronaldo's a good striker. They would think Ronaldo's going to make us lots of money. Which is what ended up happening. So uh, yeah, thank you for for giving me that email and everything. That was great. No worries. Cool. Uh, over on Discovering Star Trek, if you're wondering where our podcast is or my podcast is for the season four episode one, uh, it's not happening. Uh, not at the moment, anyway. Um, that episode I po- published on the seventeenth was all about the fact that two days after that, roughly two days after that, uh, the fourth season isn't hitting Netflix. It still isn't, and in fact, the first three seasons are taken off of Netflix. So. I talked about all of that, talked about my podcast plans because we're supposed to be getting Paramount Plus, which is going to be the service it's going to be on. Um, supposed to be getting that at some point early next year, and then obviously we'll get the four seasons with that. Uh, so I talked about all of that that's going on as well. Um, and one last thing, uh, last week on Gaming Talk as well, we talked about the Game Awards, what had been nominated and everything like that. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, there was some controversy with a part of the game. And Spider-Man is also joining the Avengers game as well, which is happening on the 30th, I think. So that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well on your favourite podcast platform. Uh, So let's get into 208 Returning Point. Um, So a bit of a cold open. Uh, Indira talks to Elizabeth and the cold open scene establishes kind of their relationship, the beginning of a much happier situation and relationship. Um, and this is the part that I had to kind of write down. Um, and there's this big ball thing that they're working on, and it's a globe. G- it's this a big, big globe thing. Yeah. Yes. But it looked, it was like half finished and stuff. Um, the part that I found the funniest about this scene, I didn't actually laugh. I just found it kind of interesting. Is you look at like the state that this thing's in. Obviously, it sh- they show that they're still working on it and everything. And the way that Elizabeth turns around and she's like, this is our future. And it's like this half-built kind of thing. I just thought that was uh, that was interesting. But uh, yeah, it establishes the earlier and healthier and better relationship between Indira and uh, Elizabeth. And uh, it was a good little scene. It was a nice quick sort of scene. We didn't need like loads and loads of it. Um, some shows would have done a whole episode on this particular thing. But uh yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an okay way to start off the episode before all the action kind of kicked off. Uh, what do you think of seeing this earlier and much nicer uh, situation between these two? Yeah, it's sort of interesting because I mean we don't know exactly where Elizabeth has gone in the 
current timeline. And it does... Um, it, it, it sort of... I, I wonder what they're doing with Elizabeth because it seems like a, a sort of odd thing um, to have had, you know, been setting up this as being sort of the, essentially Elizabeth being the major kind of bad guy for you know, most of season one and se- season two, essentially. And then they suddenly bring Jadis in. Um, so it's sort of... I wonder where they're kind of going with it because you do kind of wonder the events of this episode had Elizabeth being there they probably would have played out quite differently you know um, and this sort of highlights the relationship between Indira and Elizabeth and you know had Elizabeth being the one in control when the Bennets tried to escape probably would have handled going to Indira's place rather differently and you know it wouldn't have been a shoot to kill order it would have been a sort of you know go and arrest them or something um but I I I sort of I want to know what are we going to see Elizabeth again is she going to sort of come back in and maybe sort of you know take down Jadis because she's gone too far or are we I I I'm really interested to see what actually happens there um because it does seem odd that they sort of removed her from the story entirely like two episodes ago and she's like oh she's off having a meeting with somebody and then we haven't seen her again Mm. just seems a little bit weird so uh, i do wonder what they're planning with that but this sort of cold open goes to show the the sort of closeness of the relationship between the two of them and the fact that they were you know Indira's community were just this sort of little artistic community and um yeah I mean uh, as I say I I don't know how unfinished that ball thing was I think it was just sort of a modern art sculpture of the globe um so it was gonna have holes in it and stuff it wasn't supposed to be like a solid globe it had like bits cut out of it to represent continents and stuff so weird um but yeah I, I have kind of been wondering that as well like what does El- what is elizabeth gonna think of all the decisions jadis has made like trying to wipe out indira's group and who she's got like because because elizabeth's got that relationship with indira not jadis and that sort of like deal and everything so yeah. it's yeah and the fact that she's like done an order to kill thing and there's been a full-on almost like you know there's a war brewing now and uh, you know, Huck has killed the um, what was it, Indira's husband, I think, uh, which we'll talk about later well, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and ev- everything else that, like that that's happened. I, I mean, I'll be kind of. It depends if, in terms of context, because I don't know. We we don't know what's going to happen in these last two episodes, but it will be maybe disappointing and kind of weird if Elizabeth just doesn't come back, because you'd expect her to at least come back for the uh, series finale. Yeah, uh, in in two episodes, because if they just never go back to Elizabeth, that would be very strange. But mm-hmm. um, unless they set something else up for her, uh, maybe she's going to be in like the Rick films, or because uh, arguably, uh, you know, out of the, out of the three shows, the uh, well beyond is easily the most tied into uh, the Rick thing at the moment, because obviously the, the yeah. Jada's connection and everything. She's like the only person who's 
mentioned where he re- remotely where he possibly is for you know two three years now but um so that could be a bit of a possibility that we see her there um but i don't know sure, surely somebody i mean i don't know who i don't know who would do it but surely somebody eventually will contact elizabeth and say hey back at your like crm base thing there's like a war breaking out and you should maybe come back and i don't know help us or something but then mm-hmm. if jadis is the one who's in who's been given the, the reign so to speak uh bit, bit, you know been put as the one in charge um and if she if jadis doesn't tell elizabeth then i don't know maybe huck does or something or uh because I, I don't really think like the sisters or, or the, the anybody else from the hero group quote unquote are going to do that they're not going to want to suddenly involve Elizabeth but yeah I'm expecting some sort of like contact of some some uh, nature to happen soon because it'll be very strange if they just don't address her for the um, in in the rest I, of the series yeah I, I suspect she will be back in the finale if, if not next week but um uh yeah i mean it, it looks like she'll probably will be back in the finale because it would be weird not to have her come back and hmm. round off that story um yeah it's uh, and the way they've treated that character also makes me think they are probably going to use a more moving forward somewhere else whether that's the rick movies or whether it she pops up in something else i don't know but um because it's it's as though they've taken her out so they can put Jadis in who's much more hard lined about, you know, making an example of the Bennett's and, and the, it, it's like they've sort of protected Elizabeth's character. So she's not had to, she, Elizabeth hasn't had to step over that line to be such a huge threat. Whereas they can bring Jadis in as being sort of kill everybody, you know, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think somewhere or another they're going to bring Elizabeth back. But the only reason for protecting Elizabeth's character in that way, as far as I can tell, would be if you're then going to use that character somewhere else later on. Um, because, you know, Jadis, you could easily get to the end of the story and kill Jadis, you know. Um, and... Yeah, you know, maybe she'll pop up in flashbacks in the Rick movie, but you could, you could actually end Jadis's story at the end of this, um, because she's gone too far. Hmm. Uh, I mean, arguably, you know, Elizabeth commissioned mass genocide as well. So, but there are other things going on. You know, I mean, there's there's the sort of I was only under orders argument, which isn't great, but I mean, you know, and so it's just a really odd decision the way that they decided to switch those characters out um because it seems to have been sort of to put in jadis who is far more hard-lined like with the immediate situation anyway mm-hmm. yeah so we'll see how that works out as the group fights to be free uh of the crm uh trouble brews in the artist colony where um will uh, returns to inform Indira of her son's death. Uh, well, it doesn't have to, have to really say very much. It's just the look on his face and everybody kind of realises what's going on, which I thought was a, a subtle and kind of good and sad way to tell that story. 
Uh, both mm-hmm. groups, both groups, wind up in the in grave danger, and uh, as the episode ends, it seems one of them might not make it out without casualties. Here's how it happens, and then we have the rest of the episode. So this is focusing on the the will thing. Um, yeah, it did kind of feel like once Will had gotten back and you know the son was dead, it was like okay, that's one that you could have gotten away with. Like with um, uh, who's the one that uh, Elton sort of gotten to know? Asha? No, no, Asha. The daughter. Yeah, the the daughter. Yeah, I can't quite remember. Her uh, name right Asha. Now. Yeah, the daughter. Is it Asha? Of Asha. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like with her, you've been doing an actual fair bit of character development with Indira. Like she's kind of the leader of this group. Um, and obviously with Elton, you, you obviously they the show threatened to kill those three characters I just mentioned um, later in the episode. But um, as we kind of read read in some of these recaps, like the son, he did have a name, but it was like never really mentioned properly, and it's it's one that they like have managed to get away with, and it's kind of pushed emotion on back onto this group, which gets kind of used later on in the uh, the gunfight that we that we see. Uh, and kind of puts a bit more emotion, I think, into, you know, when they're all about to be executed. And obviously Will saves them. Uh, so I, I think it, it stitched itself together quite quite nicely. Um, and they, they made some some good kind of choices here. And I, I thought the subtle way that they showed, like, Will coming back and he's walking and he's clearly traumatised. And, you know, somebody's just got shot, like, right in front of him. That's going to, like, yeah, not be very easy. Uh, I thought this was done pretty well. I thought it was done well. How? What would you think? Yeah, I, th- I thought they uh, did a nice job in the way that they shot it without him sort of having to actively, you know, saying he's dead or anything. I thought that was quite good. He was called Dev, by the way, the son. Dev, um, right. But, um, yeah, I, I like the way they shot this. I think it that worked kind of well. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it, it was a sort of nice, subtle way of doing it without kind of um, having to go through a big sort of your son's dead sort of thing. But... Mm. Yeah, so it was good. Uh, well, not it wasn't nice, but it was a well-told story. <laughs> uh, Leo gets the scientists on board uh, with the plan to ditch the CRM. And Silas and Dennis um, head for Indira's community to relay the plan to them. But meanwhile, uh, Jadis has figured out that something's amiss uh, in the labs, and she guesses rightly that Dr. Bennett has not um, kept quiet about what he knows. Uh, She takes a team and storms Dr. Bennett's apartment, but by then the family is gone. Uh, Thanks to a warning from Huck, that's when Jadis calls for an evacuation uh, drill to see uh, just how deep the rot has spread. Um, I think Jadis is turning into a fairly decent kind of Villain. Mm. like just like the way she said that and like let's get get the rot out and it's like you're kind of the one who's causing the problems uh yeah but obviously you know villains don't sometimes realize that they're the ones that are causing the issues as opposed to the heroes who are trying to do the right thing um yeah this was all quite good um you know he has to get out of his apartment and everything and the, the discussion with um because i think yeah dr bennett is all saying about like uh no we have to just like actually get out and the scientists initially are kind of not sure about the plan and everything um but this was obviously this was the start of the setup of of all of it but um yeah what do you think of this sort of first part of of this plan and getting everybody to ditch the like the scientists to ditch the crm yeah um i i thought this was 
nicely put together i think it's quite clever thinking from jadis of sort of going okay we'll do an evacuation drill and then see what people do you know as a way of uh-huh. n- yeah it, sort of flushing out as she said how deep the rotter has spread because if people aren't going to where they're supposed to be or aren't where they're supposed to be when the evacuation happens she can tell from that who is potentially conspiring and uh, not following orders and all that sort of stuff so I, I thought that was that was quite clever of her and she she has turned into quite a decent you know central villain as i say the only thing that i find weird is the fact that they've switched her for elizabeth and i'm not entirely sure the reasoning for doing that you could have had elizabeth doing all this and if you know i mean we know she's committed genocide you could have had her, her turn the corner into being sort of you know out and out evil and i don't get the reason for switching those characters around unless you're saving elizabeth for something later on um or i yeah it seems a bit weird hmm. why they've done that um but yeah i mean it's it's i i think this is this is good from Jadis, it works reasonably well. Um, and it's sort of an interesting idea. And, uh, yeah, we get, you know, we got the sort of scientists on board, which is, I think, what we talked about last week, about them basically, you know, taking all the research, getting out and uh, starting somewhere new. So even if they could, I mean, it, I don't know how they would actually take down the CRM at this point because they are kind of out. Um, but... Uh, you know, I, I can't see them getting necessarily to the civilian government in two episodes, given that they said they were so far away. So, um, yeah, I, I again, I still don't quite know where they're gonna where they're gonna end with this because mm. you've only yeah. got two episodes to go. So, yeah, how how are you feeling about? Because um, there was no like cure stuff mentioned in this episode. Um. And we've only got two episodes left now, which is weird that we've now suddenly... Like, we had, like, half the season left, now we've got two, because obviously time flies, unfortunately. Um, do you think there's a possible... I mean, they can't really just drop that storyline, but I-, I suppose this was more of, like, an action-focused episode, wasn't it? Like, the characters trying to get away from rooms, and then, like, a full-on gunfight, and yeah, that sort of thing. But um, there's actually a fair bit to do in the next two episodes, so unless they're going to do a couple of longer episodes... Um, like maybe maybe the finale would be like an hour or something, um, mm. or or unless I'm thinking that there's more left than what there actually is. Or well, I, I don't I, know. No, I mean I, I think the the scientists the the way we've got where we've got to now the scientists have basically taken all the research and wiped all the copies from the CRM. So, um, it it's it all rests really on what happens with those scientists. I mean. If a bunch of them get wiped out, then that's one solution to the issue of any potential cure or, or you know, I mean, not that they were actually was a cure. There was, you know, the, the, a lot of the stuff they were doing seemed to be things to do with being able to slow um, the spread of walkers. Yeah. You yeah. know, because the stuff with the fungal infections and stuff wasn't to actually kind of wasn't a cure. It was a way of mm. killing off the walkers quicker. I know, I just, I just called it so, a cure. That's just the easier mm. thing to, to do, I suppose. Um, but yeah. I, I get what you mean. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. After obviously see over the next two weeks, but maybe mm-hmm. we'll get like a couple of 
Because I think this episode was like 41 minutes, so maybe we'll get like a 15 minute episode, then an hour. You have to imagine the finale is going to be a, bit, a little bit longer. Mm. Plus, plus, if it's the finale, AMC will want to get more advertising revenue out of it. And if you make <laughs> the episode an hour long, you can then go for a 90 minute time slot as opposed to an hour time slot. Mm-hmm. So you get almost 30 minutes of ads instead of 20 or like 15 or whatever it is usually. Yeah. So obviously, that has no effect on us. We watch it on Amazon, but still for the for the AMC audience um although next week so on so on sunday the ninth episode will air and the 10th episode will go out on amc plus i guess so um anyway you, you know i'm just saying about the the advertising slot mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing um plus they they tend to do that with like <clears throat> like premieres mid-season finales mid-season premieres make them a little bit longer sometimes because they're more sort of like uh the episodes that people tune in a bit more for um so We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, with the plan started early, uh, Iris heads to the rendezvous point while Hope goes to uh, get Mason. Um, at first, uh, this appears to be an all-out-of-the-kindness-of-heart type thing, but later they, uh, they're all safe in the biocontaminant uh, unit. Uh, she tells him that the plan doesn't work without him. They're going to use him as leverage, kind of, uh, since he's the General's son. Um, yeah, so this is like them starting the plan and they kind of lock themselves in this, uh, in this, in this room and everything, which later gets kind of, they set off an explosion. Um, I was initially kind of, cause this is also, this also kind of involves a scene where, um, so they tied this guy up, what's his name again, Mason, to this like column thing and through the Mason, window, yeah. yeah, through the window we can see that we can see that he can see the walkers that have been experimented on. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that that was where that because I don't really know the geography of this of this building, like where everything is and and that sort of thing. Obviously, we knew that um, what's the name from last episode? Her office obviously was just outside the the thing uh, where they've been doing these experiments. But I just didn't quite realize that 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 room was like through that window, or he could see them through that window. Um, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, it's interesting the way that Hope is sort of like, not threatening him, but, uh, I don't know, she says something about like the glass breaks and, and that kind of thing, almost kind of like trying to to threaten him. Um, but they're not in there for like that long anyway. So that was another bit of a setup. But what do you think of what they, uh, are doing with Mason here? Uh, Well, kind of makes sense. I mean, you know, it sounds like Hope didn't really want to do this but you know we knew that that mason was going to come back in in one way or another because the, uh, the the reveal last week of the fact that he's the sort of a general so mm-hmm. we knew that he was going to end up coming back in in some way um uh just i didn't necessarily expect it to be exactly like this but uh that i think that sort of makes sense because although given jadis you do wonder whether she'd actually care um (laughs) because her logic i mean yes he is the son of a general um but would would her need to be able to get the bennett's outweigh the possible negative consequences for her of getting the son killed 
Hmm. If you see what I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, she did order in, in Indira's execution in this episode, so um, I, I know that's not quite as high as like this general guy or whatever. But I guess that kind of showed us that she's willing to just d- do whatever. Um, yeah. And I think we're about to see her kind of like completely go off the rails. Obviously, she's kind of basically said like, "Let's just kill all of them." Um including like the scientists and the Bennets who are part of this whole, you know, um, cause that, that, that goes all the way back to like hope being the asset and Elizabeth getting her to come in and help with this, uh, yeast thing or whatever it is. Um, and that's obviously a massive, massive deal. So if she's willing mm-hmm. to kind of, I mean, she's willing to, she's willing to kind of kill anybody at this point, apart from maybe like Huck who's, who's working with her. Um, but, well, so. I mean, I think she'd probably be prepared to uh, either... I mean, certainly... I, I think if it became obvious that Huck was out Pro- and out working against them, yeah, I think I, I don't think Huck's safe either, despite the fact of being, you know, daughter of the um, of, of Kubrick. I mean, I'm not sure what the ranking system is. I'm assuming Kubrick ranks higher than... Uh, than Jadis, but I thought um, it, I thought it would have been the general, then Elizabeth, then Jadis, and then everybody else. Yeah, well, probably Hark after that. Yeah, um, so I I don't know. It's it's interesting to uh, we don't know exactly. Um, but but Jadis's role is kind of interesting because she is kind of military police. And in some of those sort of structures, Jadis is, you know, possibly has, although there are people ranking above her because of the role that she has as a sort of military police person, that maybe gives her some authority over the other people as well. Because, I mean, we know she kind of has authority over Huck, despite the fact that Huck was the one that sort of trained her when she first came in. So one I sort of seems to have you know surpassed the other so yeah it's a sort of interesting one mm. yeah yeah so obviously like uh, you know uh, jadis has been kind of i guess temporarily promoted until we see what happens with elizabeth but um i still think she's on like the same uh you know in in the power tree or whatever whatever it would be called yeah because um, Jadis is a warrant officer, and which is sort of military. So, regardless of the sort of rank of where you would sit in that military structure, if the warrant officer thinks you've done something wrong, the chances are that they still have control over you. So, um, because they're essentially police, mm. you know, and people aren't above the law, or that in theory. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jadis obviously sees, like, the Bennets and the scientists as, like, complete nobodies at, at this point. But um, I think Huck is the big... Huck, to me, is kind of the question mark of... Um, what would Elizabeth's and Jadis' plans... Not combined plans, but their plans be for Huck if something went wrong or... Mm. I don't know. So, cause and, often... and, yeah, if, if Jadis did kill huck because huck i mean has been working against the crm so i mean if if jadis discovers that and killed huck 
would Elizabeth accept that or not? That's what I'm I, wondering, yeah. I don't know. Mm. It, mm, yeah, so... Because that is also her daughter. <laughs> you know, they might, yeah, have exactly. the, they, might, they might not have the greatest mother-daughter relationship, but it is still her daughter as well, so that's kind of added to it. But I just sometimes I look at, like, Jadis and Elizabeth and even, like, the CRM soldiers and think, um, what? How, how does everybody see Huck? That's my kind of question mark, I suppose. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the plot thickens uh, regarding the perimeter colony. And CRM, Indira's heartbroken over the loss of her son and she tells her people they need to leave since the CRM will, will now see them as a threat. But one of their co-leaders makes his way to the labs and talks to Jadis, uh, selling Indira um, and the group out in hopes of getting a place within the CRM's walls. Uh, when Jadis leaves, she goes to check something out. Um, he says he knows that Huck is in on it and she can either get him what he wants or suffer the consequences uh, of finding of CRM finding out the truth, she doesn't either. She kills him, and when Jadis comes back, despite Huck's explanation, she seems suspicious. Uh, I mean, Jadis is always kind of suspicious now, but yeah, um, yeah, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, this dude, that guy was an idiot. I mean, I, you, that's never going to go over well because you've basically proved that you can't be trusted by turning on your own people so you know i mean yeah turn up and sort of i mean presumably of course he was expecting to turn up and talk to elizabeth and of course elizabeth's not there so jay so he ends up getting jadis who is a much more hard line person um so yeah but then trying to uh, trying to sort of blackmail hook was never going to end well <laughs> yeah yeah and this this guy's just like he's he's too i mean he's dead now it doesn't matter but um he's too confident about what he's trying to get out and he hasn't really got like anything to back himself up really he hasn't got he hasn't even got any weapons he hasn't got like yeah, his, his approach, I won't say it was weird, it was like, this is how it was supposed to play out, but as soon as he was starting to say what he was saying, and I was thinking, like, I think Huck has to kill this guy, like, just get rid of him, because especially in the position that Huck is in, you know, trying to help the Bennets, um, but then I was kind of wondering, like, like with what we just said about the ranking and who can do what and all that sort of thing, like, you got a dead body there, she blatantly just shot him, and what is just <laughs> going to think of that? Um, yeah, and then tries to just explain it as like, yeah, he tried to be kind of a, a threat and this sort and this sort of thing, um, and yeah, I mean, Huck had to do it, and I I think she she made absolutely the right choice. Um, but yeah, this this guy just showing up and being like, hey, I'm going to threaten you if you don't give me what I want, and she's like, well, I I, I have a gun, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to just shoot you with it, <coughs> so that you can't say anything to. Uh, to Jadis, because what presumably would have happened if Jadis had just come back, he would have just spilled everything, and then Huck would have mm. got in a, in a lot of trouble and maybe executed herself. I, I don't know. So yeah, I mean that's the thing. They, there was no way Huck could have given him what he wanted. He was called Brody, by the way. Um, okay. But there was no there was no reason that Huck could. There was no way that Huck could have gotten what he wanted because she just doesn't have that amount of power. You know. They, they, I mean, literally couldn't do it. 
and he's sort of going, well, you need to give me what you want or I'm going to tell everybody. And she physically can't give him what he wants. So really leaves no option but to shoot him and try and make up a story as to what he was doing. And she actually covers, I mean, yes, it's suspicious, but she covers re- better than I thought she might be able to. She actually yeah, makes something yeah. up on the spot, which is kind of believable. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, although Jadis obviously is suspicious of it, it's like, well... You know, Jadis, if there's anybody Jadis is going to give the benefit of the doubt to, it's Hook. So, yeah, I mean, she kind of gets away with it, but I think you could be heading for, heading for some sort of showdown between those sort of characters, mm. uh, between Hook and Jadis at some point, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be kind of sad if, if Hook died, um, considering that she's gotten all, all through this and everything. So... Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a, I tell you what, it was quite a good way of, because he, um, this, what did you say his name was again? Uh, Brody. Brody, okay. Yeah, the way Brody was kind of approaching, like, this betrayal thing, um, that was quite, this was quite a good way to get rid of that character and the problem that he could have caused. Yeah. So, because none none of Indira's other group, because he was obviously part of that group, nobody else in that group is going to do what he's tried to do. I I don't think anyway, given that they've all just been in this shootout together and stuff. So, yeah, that was a pretty good way to get rid of him and uh, get rid of the problem. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Jadis uh, sends soldiers to the perimeter to wipe them out. Uh, Indira's group uh, as they've now been deemed a security threat thankfully Will, Dennis and Silas manage to save them by creating distractions which is by shooting them uh, <laughs> which enables the group to take the soldiers uh, guns and kill them because they kind of run out of their own ammo because they don't have much of it uh, Dennis tells Silas to take his friends and head to the rendezvous uh, because he was kind of shot and uh, things aren't looking good for him um, yeah he kind of he's shot in like you know his lower <laughs> thing and yeah but i i i don't think this ain't gonna kill him is it well i no i mean i'm not that i'm an expert in bullet wounds but me, me, i mean generally generally unless they're shot in certainly in movie terms generally unless you're shot in sort of the head or the upper chest there's a fairly good chance that you could possibly if you can get some sort of medical assistance reasonably quickly if you're shot in the stomach you can usually survive for a while so um certainly in tv terms that seems to be the case whether it is in real life i have no idea but um i I, so the fact that they shot him in the stomach seems likely that he is probably i mean at least going to be around long enough for hook to come back and say goodbyes to him at some point if that is where they're going with it or you know um he's certainly not like dead in this episode and then we won't see him again i don't think Mm. Yeah, I mean, I wondered it because he like falls to his knees. I wondered if he was just gonna like flop over or something, but mm-hmm. um, he seems to just stay where he was. Yes. Um, yeah, the shootout was pretty good. Um, you know, and it, I do like the way it showed that. Okay, yeah, these CRM people, they've got like they're, they're armored up and everything. Obviously, they still managed to get shot, but they got some good armor on, and they've got these like high quality weapons and everything. Uh, and these people are just in like trousers and a shirt and yeah. they've got like a couple of guns and stuff but it does show that you know you, you can outfight those people and i think this was supposed to kind of be almost like a scene of hope it go it go it really starts from like elton's about to be shot mm-hmm. and i want to talk specifically about that in a minute 
uh, to sort of, you know, Will realises he's literally not got any time because they're like, you know, he's he's like on my mark because he's yeah, he's like about five, to tell four, them. three, yeah, 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 and then Will uh, pops out and, and starts shooting. Um, yeah, it, I I quite like the way it uh, it played out the shooting scene. What did you think of it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite nice because it, it in that particular village feels very much like a sort of old wild west little village. Yeah. So mm. it, it it's like a sort of you know big wild west shootout which i rather liked i kind of yeah that that uh played out pretty well i thought and um yeah i mean it proves although they are heavily armored the crm they and reasonably well trained they're not impossible to beat in that sort of situation if you've got some numbers i mean they people were lost on both sides yes but um it, it does show that you can fight back yeah. So, you know, I think that was it was quite a good, decent scene. Um, that and uh, I, you know, you got Dennis and Silas riding in to save the day. Um, to say Dennis doesn't come out of of it brilliantly, but I think he'll probably be around at least for some sort of reunion with Huck, probably. I think down the line, um, if even if he does end up like dying from that wound but i don't think it's going to be happening immediately uh i mean i do wonder whether hook's actually going to get out of the series because i mean we've now got potentially jay just wanting to kill her kill her at some point if she finds out what's happened plus you've got silas still not particularly happy with her and uh the other guy uh the the uh percy percy yes so you know who definitely wants to kill her understandably so hmm yeah so See how that works out. Yeah, the Selton thing. Um, I thought that what they were going to do is because they're like they've got the kill order basically ready. Um, there's a shot of Elton looking at like this leaf, mm-hmm. and I thought what they were going to do because he holds hands with uh, I think it's Adira's her name. Um, he holds hands with her. I thought that what they were going to do was like have Elton look at this leaf as like this last beautiful thing to look at kind of thing yeah, while, yeah. while he's holding hands with the person he maybe loves or whatever their point that they're at um you know this person he cares for is holding her hand and I, I thought what they were going to do was have the camera shot of him looking at this leaf and then you just hear a bunch of gunshots and that would have would have been it but I'm so glad that didn't happen because it's funny how we discussed what was it two three episodes ago and somebody said, like, what would be one of the more heartbreaking deaths? And I said, Elton, I think you kind of agreed yeah, with yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I was like, no, don't do not do this to him here. But, uh, hey, you know, if, if they did do it, it would have... Obviously, everything that I'm talking about means that I cared about the character and they've they've done a good job with him uh, and everything. So it would have been effective, but I'm just glad that my favourite character from this show is, is still alive. That's kind of the main point. So, um, did you think he was going to get shot there? What do you think of the way they played I, around with the camera angles and stuff? Yeah, I mean, the the sort of whole leaf thing, and it was playing like, yeah, they, they could be about to die. Although, that would be a lot of characters to sort of wipe out in one go. And there were some, you know, the fact that Elton was in there, it would have been a strange way to kill off a character that we've been following since the very first episode and hasn't really had a all that much to do this season you know compared Mm. to some of the others so it would have been a bit of a strange way to end that run i think yeah um yeah you know so 
I, I, I wasn't entirely convinced they were going to sh- yeah, shoot him, although at the time I couldn't quite see how they were going to get out of it other than uh, Will popping out and like distracting them in some way. But yeah, where you go from there, you know, <laughs> one guy with a pistol is not going to be able to take down an entire squad. No, so, no. yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and the, the way this, the scene was like playing itself out, um, I thought, okay, if he does get executed here, Will has been standing there for like a few minutes and it, you would have had to put some of the blame on him for at least not doing something. Yeah. I suppose. There was no, there was no way Will was just going to stand there and let him, let them shoot everybody. He was going to have to fire before that countdown got to zero because otherwise, I mean, yeah you there was just no way you couldn't you couldn't have let will just stand there and watch everybody get shot that would be really strange and not in his personality so Mm. he was gonna have to do something it's just uh you know it was the others sort of turning up and taking people out that i think was the more unexpected bit yeah yeah so because i at least thought like please just like at least you know, take one shot or something, and then mm-hmm. just as a distraction, I guess. Um, I did. Did you know that Dennis and Silas were going to be there? Because I actually didn't realize that they were going to. No, I hadn't. I hadn't kind of figured that out. But yeah. yeah. But then they popped up, and I thought, okay, that kind of makes sense. I just yeah, wasn't yeah. quite expecting it. So, <clears throat> um, but yeah, that uh, that was a good scene. Um, that's probably the best scene of the episode. Obviously, it's the action-heavy part, so some yeah. of those bits stand out. Uh, to the last part of the episode, uh, the Bennets escape by breaking the tile uh, floor. There are old mining tunnels underneath, and from there they can get out of the facility. They uh, all, th- sorry, they also wiped all of the CRM's research data, which is what you mentioned earlier. But uh, Jadis isn't done yet. Uh, she knows the exits <clears throat> uh, they'll be coming out of, and she tells um, her soldiers to fire on the Bennets if you see any of. Th- any of um, the scientists, uh, sorry, any of them or the scientists uh, shoot to kill. So she's just full on get rid of them all, she says. And uh, Huck, still playing as uh, her part as a soldier, watches concern uh, evident on her face, uh, which was the part I kind of mentioned earlier. Yeah, she's all just kind of like just killed everyone, regardless of like this whole research program and uh i remember her saying to um i can't remember her name already from from last week she said all oh, like the baton's been passed on to uh dr bennett and and huck and oh sorry not huck um hope with the uh with the the uh yeast thing and, and everything um yeah but she's like you know that's kind of off the table for her as well i guess and it's all just kill the bennett's kill the scientists and just just wipe them all out uh, which is more of the, which is more of the approach that like the governor yeah. sort of took of like I want this thing and I'm just going to instead of doing negotiations which is what more of like Negan would have done because um, because Negan had the idea more of like I'm going to work with you to get what I want but I'm going to get what I want from you but I'm going to work with you to get that thing whereas yeah. somebody like obviously Jadis in this situation and the governor is like no I you've got something I want I'm just going to kill you. Uh, which is interesting to see uh, the two different kind of sides to that. And obviously you've got people like Alpha that have just got a whole different worldview anyway. But I suppose it's that military thing, isn't it, of they want like power or they want something and the way they go about getting that thing is, is kind of interesting. So, mm. But uh, no, she's all just full-on kill everyone. Uh, what do you think of this last scene? 
yeah, I mean, I, I think you're sort of right in that. In that, I think Elizabeth is more in the Negan mold of yeah. not not so much. I'm going to work with you to get what I want, but I am going to work. I'm going to get what I want, and you are going to work with me or suffer the consequences, mm-hmm. um, which is the, more the sort of Negan way of doing it. And I think Elizabeth is more in that mold, whereas Jadis is just like, I will ask you once if you don't do it kill everybody um which it seems to be jadis's kind of attitude which is he's a bit more of the governor's kind of side of things um so yeah i mean the the i, I think this is jadis is overstepping at this point because she's saying i'm going to make an example of them but i mean you get how long is it taking them to get all these scientists together and i mean we know I, I, I maybe other scientists there, but presumably these are the cream of the crop because mm-hmm. these are the ones that are, are, you know, have made the most progress. So surely shooting them all and shooting the kids who were supposed to be the people that are continuing this research, um, that that seems very kind of short sighted. Yeah. You know, like you say, very much governor like if you know. Um, so yeah, I think that's one of the things that, you know, if Elizabeth comes back, I think that's one of the areas that I mean, if it, if it f- becomes the fact that it comes out that Jadis did that and either manages to do with it or even attempted it, that's going to upset Elizabeth, I would have thought. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I, I'm sort of interested to see how this plays out because uh, there was a particular point they made on the map on the tunnels of like them saying, okay, as long as we turn right here, we're all good. So you do wonder okay. if maybe there was something that they'd figured out on the tunnels of like, you know, they said they know where all the exits are, but maybe there is one tunnel that they don't know about or something. I I don't know because there was a specific point made made of like as long as we turn left here or right here or whatever as long as we turn down this tunnel we'll be okay so yeah um I yeah I I don't know maybe there is an exit that they that they assume that they don't know about I'm not sure but uh, so I'm sort of interested to see where this kind of ends up. Because, I mean, it, as part of this escape plan, you, plan, you've got to assume that once, you know, they knew that they they were planning ahead. You know, they knew that the lockdown was going to shut them in that room and give them the time to make. They knew to blow up the uh, the doorway when it opened and collapse the tunnel behind them so people couldn't follow. So you've got to assume that they know that, Jadis's people and the CRM are going to be at the exits. Um, so you kind of got to assume that they have have thought of that and they know a way out. Mm. Yeah. So I just can't, we'll see. I, I just am wondering, like, you know, Elizabeth comes back and obviously this is more of the hypothetical. Let's say Elizabeth comes back and she's like, where is everybody? And Jadis is like, I killed all of your scientists. I killed all of the Bennets. And like, mm. that's good. That, that can't go down well, surely. Um, no. I mean, even if there was arguably justifiable reason for doing it in her head of, well, you know, they were all traitors. And, 
you know, from the CRM's point of view, they are traitors to the CRM. I mean, the CRM's a terrible organisation, but yes, they are. Um, so from their side of things, yes, they are traitors. Um, uh, but they're also incredibly valuable to the CRM as well. So, you know, just kill everybody is probably not the way that Elizabeth would have gone with it. I don't no, think. No, because she wants them to work on the... Uh... East thing, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the end of the episode. Um, I think the look on Huck's face at the end is very telling and very interesting. Of just yeah, yeah, sure, kind of thing. So I hope that she's going to be okay, and uh, I guess we'll find out in two weeks' time, or maybe next week. Who knows? So that's the end of the episode. We got a little bit of feedback to get into. If you'd like to write in with your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, who do you think is going to live? Who do you think is going to die? Of course, if you've seen the AMC Plus episode, don't tell us. Um, just uh, wait until, obviously, we've seen the episodes uh, for all of that. Uh, you can write in Matthew, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, uh, Twitter, eTalkUK as a contact page and information in your show notes you can also if you're looking on the website version of this podcast you can scroll down a little bit you'll see a big email box you put in your email and your message in there you press send uh that's how a few of you do actually write in so that's good uh, you can also copy uh the email name or just click on it and you can use it that way as well uh ben says been uh sorry listening sorry let me start again ben says uh listening to matt talk about guns iron sights and distance for shooting things because i was talking about that with the the killing at the end of the last episode uh it got me thinking about military weapons and just wanted to, wanted to ask where matt had learnt about that before keep up the good work we will try to keep up the good work it's what we try to do here um yeah some of you are probably gonna laugh at what i'm gonna say but um i have been playing cod or call of duty on and off for about 10 years <laughs> yes. and um they do use real weapons in the game yes it's a bit more you know less like less realistic and obviously more video gamey but the main points that I was making is about guns and iron sights and one of the key points to that is all of the Call of Duty games at least all the ones I remember are all first person so and like when you go to edit your weapons in the game uh, and you pick like a certain iron sight or you can have a thermal scope or you can use a red dot sight or there's like six different versions of red dot sights because there's like reflex sights there is holographic sights uh, there's mini um red dot sights obviously that's up to what you want to choose for the game there's even ones that are sort of like uh, i think it's called hybrid flip which is where you can um have like one site that's more zoomed in you press a button you sort of push the scope to the side and you've got the the other version or, or like the, the shorter distance version of it but uh, one of the main points i was trying to make with that uh, as to that guard shooting is if he's got an iron sight, uh, iron sights on most guns, at least most guns that I've seen uh, for assault rifles, which is what it looks like that they're using, because we got a better look at them in, in this episode as well. Because um, although some of them seem to be a bit more single shot, so they might be uh, marksman rifles, um, they're either marksman rifles or assault rifles, because uh, I don't think any of those guns are submachine guns, I don't think any of them are LMGs, and they certainly don't look like sniper rifles, so I think it's a mix of the other two. Um, because of how dark it was, because of the fact that it looked from, I mean, the person, the, the CRM soldier was kind of far away, uh, it looked like they were using iron sights, because most iron sights are either sort of like black or like a greyish type of colour, and given that it was pretty dark and everything, I just thought it was a particularly good shot because he does get him straight in the head, and, 
uh yeah you know the the dark lighting mixed with if he was using an iron sight would have made it a bit difficult to see but it, as we saw from some of the guns in this episode there was quite a lot of um red dot sights that were being used which is the more accurate way and obviously it gives you like a basically like a light because you've got the red dot sight on it um some people probably think i'm talking uh, nonsense but um <laughs> i'm just talking about what i what i know and stuff um but it's i i do like to look in in different tv shows um like what they're kind of using and potentially what um dot sites they're using and and that kind of thing as well so uh any thoughts on any of that david uh not really because i mean you know me i don't really play shooters at all so um yeah not really much i can add to that i mean i've you know i've played a few bits and pieces and i sort of understand the basics of it but yes no not really Mm -hmm. yeah but uh that's where i learned a lot of that and i did go to a um what was it called the imperial uh war museum in uh in london i don't know if it's still there i went a long time ago and yes, it is. that and yes. that had that had a lot of the same sort of you, you, you t- typical weapons like AK forty seven, MP five, those sorts of guns that people are aware of. Mm-hmm. So, because um, it was interesting, because that was after I'd played like the Modern Warfare games, and it was like, oh, that's in the game, that's in the game. <laughs> yeah. And there's all like you know things like claymores, bouncing betties, those kinds of things as well that I'd recognised. Um, so, but yeah, if you're going to make an authentic kind of war shooter, you do, you do need a team that's going to kind of research a, a good amount of that. So your guns are at least realistic to what you, what you're using, I suppose. So yeah, but, uh, I, I, I like looking at all that kind of stuff. So that's cool. Um, Sam says, I, uh, mostly listen to the walking dead podcast and your Man United podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, which which well beyond character would make a good coach or manager? Uh, well, I don't know in terms of like tactical knowledge because all these people are, like military kind of people. Uh, Jadis, as it turns out, might not be a good fit because she might kill you if you miss the goal. Um, who would be a good? Who would be kind of more balanced? Some, but some because you need even like a football manager situation. You need somebody who's kind of tough. Like, who isn't going to, like, take nonsense from the players. But one who's not going to be, like, ridiculously harsh. Like a Jose Mourinho kind of person. Um, so probably Elizabeth and Jadis wouldn't be suitable for that. Um, maybe somebody like a Dr. Bennett. He's kind of, like, balanced, isn't he? I suppose. Um, any any thoughts on that, David? Anybody who'd be kind of a good... I suppose there's, like, a good leader um, for that type of thing. Um, well... Negan, he was Negan, a gym teacher. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Negan. I mean, you know, he's got he has got some form in it. I mean, if you were going to set up a football team in the, I mean, yeah, I'm, Negan's the one that comes to mind because, I mean, as I say, there is a certain amount of uh, you'll you'll do it my way or you'll suffer the consequences. But you know, I think. We've said before, Negan's the the one thing about Negan is he's he's the most interesting character of like yeah we didn't agree with exactly the way that he went about things, but had we been following his story from their side rather than from our group side, our group were the aggressors in that, and um, you know because they walked into a into a particular like area owned by him and murdered a bunch of people in cold blood so. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, we didn't necessarily agree with how he ran the savers and some of his actions there, but overall, Negan was relatively fair. Um, you know, he was doing what he needed to do to survive. Um, I mean, we yeah, we I, we the thing the thing with Negan is we dislike him because of how because he had treat how he treated characters like Glenn and Abraham and you know the actions he took for there. But if you're looking at it from his point of view, these are the people that came in and murdered a bunch of his people in cold blood. So, the he's an interesting one, and I think given that. Yeah, you know, say pre-apocalypse, he was a gym teacher anyway. He seems like the obvious choice to me. I think if you were going to have anybody run a football team, Negan's mm. the one I'd go for out of everybody. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, it might you might end up with a little bit of a Ted Lasso situation where you've got like somebody who knows one sport and is managing a, a different one. Well, but yes, um, that is true. Yeah, but then that could be kind of funny in the way that Ted Lasso is that uh, does that pretty well. Um, so yeah, but. Uh, yeah, he's got like a good amount of authority and that kind of stuff. None of like the kids' character, like you know, Hope or whatever. They're a bit too sort of young for for that kind of thing. Um, but no, some of those kinds of characters. Um, I don't really think anybody from Fear the Walking Dead fits that. <laughs> Just uh, no, I don't know. Morgan Morgan would be. No, too, I mean, I'm... Morgan would be too yeah. nice. <laughs> Yeah, Morgan would be too nice. Lenny James, I think, would make quite a reasonable... I, I suspect he's probably quite a reasonable football manager um, or could potentially be quite a reasonable football manager. But, um, yeah, Morgan, I don't think so. But Lenny, possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daryl can, like, shout at people and stuff. He's he's kind of good at doing that sort of thing. Um, So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, those are... Yeah, he can kind of do that, I suppose. Uh, Yeah, that's kind of our answer to, to that question. And lastly, um, Abed says, I found the action in this episode to be quite exciting. It was pretty good, yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing the CRM versus the group, which has sort of already started. <laughs> do, you, oh, do you think uh, Jadis makes out of the series alive? Um, I think that depends on... Well, we've only got two episodes left anyway. If slash when Elizabeth comes back... And what Elizabeth thinks of Jadis's plan to essentially kill everybody, um, and what Elizabeth decides to do about that, or if somebody maybe maybe somebody else will just kill Jadis anyway. Um, maybe, maybe Huck. Do you think Huck could maybe kill uh, Jadis? Is that possible? Possible. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of thinking like, you know, the end of the episode, we get that look from her, and I was kind of thinking, I I wonder if she could like kill Jadis in some sort of room quietly and then just attempt to sort of run away um, like when there's not many guards around and sort of because it's a pretty big place like and she obviously knows the building I wondered if she could maybe get away with doing something like that um, like like she catches Jadis out she strangles her silently and she like sneaks off possibly mm-hmm. do you think she could maybe do that yeah I mean I I, I don't know. I think there is a fair possibility that you could see this as the end of Jadis's story. That doesn't mean that she won't show up in the Rick films because I think they'll be done partly in flashback as well. Because you, you know, right, right. You, this you, is you, you need that. to fill, in, yeah, because you need to sort of fill in the gap in between. Um, so you could easily kill her off here and still have her appear in the Rick films. 
Um, but um, so I don't know. I think it it, it depends. You're either going to have I've, I I can't see how you're going to have necessarily Elizabeth and Jadis both surviving till the end because I think you're going to end up with some sort of confrontation of one of them going down at the end of it. So I I don't know. I honestly can't guess either way which way you're going to go with Jadis. I think there is a fair chance she could end up dying, but there may be a way of keeping her around as well. Um, mm. But she has been set up as the... You know, we thought Elizabeth was going to be the main antagonist, and it seems that Jadis is going to be for this series. So you sort of need that resolved in some way. Mm. Um, and whether that's killing her or whether that's having her taken away by the CRM in some way, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because nobody even seems to know at the moment that the other Doctor is, is dead. Uh, ben- Bennett's uh, girlfriend. Yeah, other than the Bennett's, yes. Mm. And Hook. And, yeah, so... Mm. I, I don't know. Um, a lot of that hinges on what Elizabeth's reaction is when she eventually returns, I think. Um, and, or she gets killed before then by, say, Hook or somebody else. But So I, I don't know. I, I do think that you could end up using this as a way of rounding out Jodice's story, but yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, so we shall see. Uh, that's it for the episode. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back for the penultimate episode of the series next week, and then of course the week after the series finale. Uh, we'll probably do like a series wrap up, I guess, after that. Um, I've 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 got it <coughs> in mind to to possibly do that as well, because um, you know I I I want, <laughs> I want I want to do that for all the TV series that I I finish. Obviously, if I if I decide to quit podcasting on a show before that i do what's called a podcast wrap-up like i did for like fear the walking dead um because it's not the end the series hasn't ended but my coverage is ending for the show so i do like what's called a podcast wrap-up as opposed to a series wrap-up but i do intend mm-hmm. for each show that i finish <clears throat> to do a uh a series wrap-up like afterwards i can look over at the series and that sort of thing uh which next year we'll be doing that for the main show so once yeah. we get to uh will it be next year no it'll be the year after won't it uh, um, no, it will be next year, yeah. No, it will be the, next year, the, yeah. The third because half we've got... will be in October, yeah. Yeah, third half will be in October, so. So that'll be a big event. Uh, but anyway, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, uh, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. So take a look at all that as well um, <coughs> for all of our podcasts. Uh, if you want to uh, support Entertainment Talk and everything that we do, you can either just listen to more episodes, there's plenty of them available. Uh, you can tell other people that you know, tell them about what we do and where they can find it, either through normal word of mouth or social media, so spread the word around about our content. Uh, Patreon, $1, level tiers, ad-free podcast review options, take a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, Bex is still streaming uh, pretty much daily over on uh, Twitch, uh, Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, although I, ha- I heard that her shelf fell down in like the middle of the night or something, Yes. so uh, hopefully she's she's all good. Um but uh, you can find her over there on on uh, Trista Bites on Twitch. Uh, you can also find uh, your newest TV and film news 
over on Geek Town, that's run by David, geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio. Uh, those come out on Tuesdays. There's a new episode from yesterday to listen to, so have a look at that one. You can also find me on Twitch as well, eTalkUK, for my different video game streams. Uh, Thursday nights, 11.45pm GMT, that's for the Pez coach mode, so if you want to see what I would do with the Manchester United team, I've just signed a bunch of players uh, who've worked out pretty well. Uh, so if you want to see more of that, Twitch, 11.45pm Thursdays on Twitch. Uh, if you want to catch the first two episodes, because I've already done those, those are on YouTube. The channel called is called Entertainment Talk Plays, and you can find those videos and all the other Let's Plays and streams and stuff that I've done as well. Uh, that is everything, I think, and we shall see you next week for the penultimate episode. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.